0: Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Yes, I am. I wanted to talk to you about coping with your life when it hits the accelerator. Now, long ago, literally weeks ago, I was talking to you about measuring babies. I now have this personal experience of measuring a baby. We took our very own baby to be measured this last week. And it's not easy. You have to stretch the babies. They don't like being stretched. They're actively resistant to it. Anyway, um, I was recalling having seen this documentary about how babies don't grow at all for weeks on end and then suddenly grow like an inch overnight. And like seriously an inch overnight, like two centimeters. And when they are going through these periods of rapid growth, they're really cranky and fussy. And um, I compared that to the way um, punctuated equilibrium has brought people forth from the lower, so-called lower animals in evolution. We went into a lot of places. Well, this week, you're going to hear a lot about child development from me in the next little while. This week, our five week old baby here in our family hit something called the developmental leap. Yes, she's five weeks old, five weeks and change. And apparently they they come in and they're like, they can't really focus their eyes except from like eight to 11 inches away. Um, They have a certain amount of coordination, but not very much really. They don't know. They pretty much don't know anything, frankly. And I'm sorry if you're a less than five week old baby. I'm sorry if that's insulting to you. Wizards have to take it up later. Anyway, at around five weeks, they hit this point where they develop very rapidly neurologically. Maybe they develop, maybe that's when they grow as well. I don't know. But they have these huge neurological leaps. And during that time, it really messes with their heads. And I was reading online about how babies try to cope with this. And I thought, this does not stop when we finish being babies. This goes on and on and on. Because as you know, I'm obsessed with the whole idea of enlightenment, of the enlightened state, what they would call awakening in Asia. For those of you who haven't been tuning in regularly, this is a a psychological state where people manage to transcend suffering. So people who are seem to be awake have seen through the illusion of suffering and they claim never to have psychological suffering again. And I have known people, I know a couple of people who have gone through this experience and I'm telling you they're very, very different. And I always wanted to be like them because they don't suffer, key point. So I have been studying this for a long time and one of the ways I studied it was through neuroscience. And I can tell you that there used to be just a few tickles of a mention of this kind of phenomenon in neuroscience, but now there's a pretty hefty bulk of research and it talks about the fact that people who are in this enlightened state have very different brains and they look different on functional MRIs and they do not seem to have any suffering. They have a lot of other advantages too. They don't age as fast. They don't um, They don't have bad moods. I mean, they, they have ordinary, you know, life patterns of of hunger and fullness and sleeping and waking, but they really, really have passed beyond what most of us think of as normal struggling through life. Andrew Newberg is my favorite neuroscientist to study this phenomenon, and he said in um, his book, I think it's called "How Enlightenment Changes Your Brain." He did neuro studies on a lot of monks who have been who have meditated toward this enlightened state for many, many years. And he said, this is not only a potentially real thing, it's very real, it's measurable, it's reproducible. He said, not only does it exist, but we are biologically predisposed to seek it. And I love that, that not only as sort of spiritual thinkers, but biologically, we are driven to look for this state of enlightenment. And if you read a lot from people who have done it, what you'll find is exactly the same thing that pediatricians describe happening to babies as they undergo these huge leaps forward in their nervous system development. So people who are approaching enlightenment, they get periods of stillness, of serenity, maybe they meditate, maybe they just do some kind of um, spiritual practice throughout the day. They're all very focused on it though. It doesn't happen without some pretty serious intention, but they set their intentions in various ways and they reach these levels of serenity. And then without exception, they'll talk about something hits the accelerator. And sometimes it's just inward Like if somebody's meditating, 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 say they were recognized as a reincarnated Lama in Tibet, so all they've ever really done is meditate, even then they'll suddenly feel these internal surges of acceleration towards something. You don't really know what it is when it's happening, that's the thing. You're kind of like Thelma and Louise in the car and somebody hits the accelerator. Um, And then, as they go into this period of growth. Oh, and I was going to say sometimes it's one's life, life situation that hits the accelerator. And you guys know what I'm talking about. It's when 10 things happen at the same time that seem predisposed to take you into either, sometimes it takes you into deeper suffering than you've ever felt. Sometimes it takes you to elation. Sometimes it takes you to intellectual, like overwhelm, like when you go traveling and all your senses are barraged with things you've never experienced before. So it feels like this <laughs> And then you go through the period that our little Lila went through this week. And I, I, I was reading a site that talks about how this feels. And it's supposedly for parents of young children, but for some reason they address it to the baby. So it says here, this is what gave me the idea for this. It says, here's how you cope during a period of accelerated growth. One, you cry more than usual. Two, you want to be kept busy. Three, you lose your appetite. Four, you're shyer with strangers all of a sudden. You only want to be with your favorite people. Then you cling more than normal. You sleep poorly and you suck your thumb. And they addressed it to you. And as I read through it, I thought, this is not for a five-week-old baby. This is for me right now, because I've been doing all those things. So I wanted to to talk about how there's this myth in our sort of educational culture that you're supposed to get better and better at things all the time. I've talked to you about this before. And that you're not supposed to completely degenerate at any point on your forward progress. You're not supposed to do it intellectually, you're not supposed to do it emotionally, and you're certainly not supposed to do it spiritually. So there's something called spiritual materialism, or in Asia, one of the other things, one of the things they call it in Japan is the stink of Zen. And this is when people decide that they're going to go on a spiritual path. And maybe they take a meditation class or a yoga class, or maybe they just start going to church a lot, but they decide that they are going to be a spiritual person. And the definition of that is someone who's always unruffled, someone who's always in the know, someone who's always um, just heading down the highway faster than anyone else, smooth as silk. But in fact, if you're really going to go on a spiritual path, you don't get to be impressive. Instead, what you will do is invite life to hit the accelerator for you. And things will cluster together. Um, Terrible things, wonderful things, they'll all start to hit you at once and you'll feel the or maybe it'll just come from completely inside. And really the advice that I read on this website this week is the best advice I've ever found for coping with it. First of all, cry more than usual. Get up, lately I get up in the morning, I sit down um, in my meditation chair, I move it to the window, I look out and I just start to drift, I don't know why, just emotional things coming up, psychological things, vaporizing, seeing through illusions, feeling old wounds. I'm just like, whatever. I'm just going to sit here and cry more than usual. And it really, really helps. Um, Then you want to be kept busy. Yes, this is a time when life hits the accelerator. Let yourself start to putter and potter. Like give yourself, it's it's ironic because you have to clear time to be busy, but busy in a really specific way. Babies don't like to be put like on factory lines when they're hitting accelerated phases of growth. They want to be um, continuously interacting with new ways of learning. So giving yourself spaces. If you're in an accelerated period, you will want to just, for sometimes go in your room, close the door and just start puttering around or go outside and just start wandering places you've never wandered before or like dig a hole with a stick, do something like, just allow your body and your mind to do new things because the acceleration always means that you're going to be creating new neurons and new neuron connections inside the brain. And you don't know what physical actions are going to go with that. For me, Animal tracking was a huge thing. I moved to California and just I all I wanted to do was go outside and track animals all day long. And I went through a big acceleration. I was terrified all the time, cried constantly, slept poorly, and I knew it was good. I knew it was important. I knew I had to stick with it, but I would just go out in the forest and I would like watch bugs or track bears or do whatever. And it looked like, it looked strange to me from my, acculturated mindset, but I was just letting my soul and my body keep busy doing what they wanted to do. And what happened was all these interlocking metaphors. I kept finding metaphors in the forest for whatever was happening to me in my mind. And I developed a kind of relationship with the forest where it was able to teach me. And I, I went through a huge acceleration there that left me in a place of much greater peace, but man, it was, it was wild going to it. Um, Lose your appetite, gain your appetite, stop smoking weed, start smoking I don't know. Whatever your appetites are, be kind to yourself. Let yourself have um, appetite within the range of health and for anything, because again, these periods of acceleration, when you talk to the enlightened, they'll they'll describe periods of the most intense fear as they reached bands of serenity and then up up into like a slipstream, almost as if they got into a a stream of air that was going a certain speed and everything was great for a while. And then they got to the top of that particular place and the air above that was going much faster. And in between the zones, there's a period of, of turbulence. So they'll talk about having tremendous gusts of fear, even after years and years and years of being pretty much enlightened. And it always means they're breaking through to a new level of understanding, of enlightenment, of peace and happiness and and all of that. Shire with strangers, just want to be with your favorite people. Don't force yourself to go out and like make new friends online, even under COVID times. Like stick to the three people you know are going to stand right there with you and hold you while you go through this acceleration period. And if you don't have those people in real life, find them in books, man. I mean, I've got about three books that have just stuck with me through every acceleration time and I can go right to them and they're always there for me. Cling more than normal. Cling like the Dickens. I just, I've been walking around my house saying to all my beloveds, can I just cling? I need to cling. I mean, I need to literally physically just cling to your leg. I have a friend coming over tomorrow, we're all going to put on masks, sit at a distance and like, Energetically cling. I just want to cling. Give yourself permission to do that. Trade clinginess. Promise your friends that the next time they have an acceleration phase, they can cling to you, but right now you need to cling to them. Sleep poorly. Oh, heavens, your sleep will go to rack and ruin, but wonderful thing ha- things happen in your sleep. That is actually when the body is secreting um, human gonadotrap gonadotropic hormone, which is the only thing that makes us grow, or heal wounds, which is why babies sleep so much. They're always putting out this growth hormone. And when you're going through a period of acceleration, that raw sort of overwhelmed feeling is literally the brain, I call it brain blisters, trying to make new connections. And they only form when you fall asleep. That's why you can wrestle with a math problem or trying to conjugate a verb in a foreign language and not being able to get it then you sleep on it and you wake up in the morning and it's just there. It's because during the night, those things have happened. But during a period of acceleration, there will be bad dreams, there will be insomnia, there will be a fitful quality to the sleep. Know that this is a positive sign. And that if you know you've been on a path toward acceleration, and if you feel you're, in your heart, you're, you're sort of headed the right direction, this is a sign that you were undergoing this accelerated period and there are wonderful things about to happen. And then finally you suck your thumb, which I think just speaks for itself. So yes, I've been doing all these things and I have been, (laughs) I see people saying, yep, that was me last night. And I am now going to answer some of your questions and comments about this. Hello, the lovely peoples. purpose and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. Um <laughs> oh Gina says sometimes what you do is sign up for Wayfinder Life Ghost Training. Actually not such a bad idea. I mean it was in the dark of my my acceleration nights that I made up the training. Thank you, Gina, for that plug. Um, yes, you'll be getting your check in the mail. Not really guys. Okay, Rachel says, what if you feel paralyzed? Like there seems to be no comforting path. That actually is a sign of the acceleration. I know that sounds weird, but what do you experience during acceleration? Like if you're on the highway and you hit the accelerator, you're going to hit more wind resistance. If you're accelerating really, really fast, you're going to hit so much wind resistance that if you don't, if you're not really aerodynamic, it may actually stop you. I remember, (laughs) When I would I used to, when I was at Harvard I used to um, I used to have a Chinese class up this alley um, that was built in such a way that the air would come down the buildings and it, w- it was funneled into this one street as if it were like a tube. And I would I, had, I was taking an art class too so I had this big um, art sketchbook. And I would be going to Chinese class and I would turn this corner and I would be like a sail on a boat with my big sketchbook. And I'd hit so much wind resistance that it would just propel me backward and there was ice everywhere so there's no traction. And I would just sail backward away from the class I wanted to go to. Oh yes, good times, good times. All of this just to say that you can actually feel like you're backsliding And feeling paralyzed may just be the feeling of an incredible sort of Newtonian thing of an irresistible force meeting an immovable object. It can feel like just absolute stasis. But if you don't give up, if you use these methodologies of crying a lot, sucking your thumb, clinging to your friends, um, refusing to do new things, that kind of thing, if you stay with it, The compassion for the part of you that is struggling will in the end make you aerodynamic. It will allow you to start moving forward and then you'll shoot through that place of really high pressure and you'll find yourself on the other side. So the paralysis points are really scary. Backing up is a possibility, but compassion to the self. And I laughingly bring up these things about babies, but they're true. They're actually true. We need them all our lives. So let yourself do that, let yourself fall apart and you'll find yourself breaking down and then the paralysis will shift and you can shoot right through it and suddenly you'll be on the other side of a big shift and you'll feel like a million bucks. Um, Judy says, dogs are so good for clinging. Isn't it true? I have clung to a dog on many a night. Not the same dog even, not even my dog, but they're wonderful cats, not as much. Um, Donna says, "How does the time of acceleration relate to creativity? It's an actually perfect parallel. If you're pushing forward, I have a a daughter who's an artist. Well, both my daughters are really good artists, but one of them does it professionally. And she's always sending me things and then saying, but I, uh, this was terrible. I did it last year and I haven't been able to make any progress. And she makes these huge, huge leaps forward in her capacity to create this unbelievable art, but every single time she feels like she's stuck. And it's because she practices, there's something you may have heard me talk about called dedicated practice or deep practice. And it's where you're really trying to move forward. So most people are trying to be happier in general. You know, they're making resolutions, they're planning to do things better, they're hiring personal trainers, life coaches, or whatever, this is all awesome. But then there are people who are like, no, I'm serious. I really, really am tired of suffering. And those are the folks that sit down and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here in the middle of the forest, absolutely stock still for hours on end until I feel better, damn it. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all my focus on moving forward in this way. So you can put all your focus on moving forward, playing the piano or drawing a picture or um, being a better gardener or meditation and progress toward enlightenment. All of them follow this pattern. So creatively you'll get yourself stuck and you'll feel really, really in a dead dry period. And then you'll write something that you think is so weird and different. And you'll show it to someone and say, this is really horrible. I don't even know where it came from. And they'll look at it and say, oh my God, that's the best thing you ever did. And um, then you'll feel, you'll realize you're in this higher level of energy and it takes a while to get used to it. And it, for a while when you accelerate, you know, all the controls have to be cared for much more precisely. When you're going hundred miles an hour, you have to be much more careful with the steering wheel than when you're going 10 miles an hour, right? Because everything has a huge effect. So it doesn't feel comfortable for a while, but people around you will tell you, no, you're making immense progress. The baby who's going through the onslaught of new sensory experiences just feels like everything's gone to rack and ruin. But we adults looking at her can say, oh my gosh, she's focusing her eyes all the way across the room. So let your friends, as you cling tightly to them, be the ones to tell you whether or not you're making progress. Even when you feel paralyzed, I think they'll tell you, no, something really positive is happening. Cynthia says, can we throw tantrums too? Absolutely! frickin lootly. I certainly hope so. I, I threw one this morning. I plan to throw one immediately after this broadcast. So if we can't, we're in really deep trouble. Um, yes, there's actually, there are some wonderful memes online. Um, one that I love is parents of two-year-olds showing pictures of their little kids melting down and then writing in the reason, like a kid absolutely, completely decompensating because his mother won't read to him the book he is presently sitting on and he won't get off it. He wants to sit on it and have it read to him at the same time. Or a little girl who is just absolutely distraught. And the reason is she asked for a red Skittle. I gave her a red Skittle and she just melts down. It's really nice to be kind to ourselves when we're melting down as well. Now, there is one thing though, you can do some really serious harm to relationships if you let it all fly. You know, if you're big and scary and you're throwing a fit because you someone won't read to you the book on which you were standing, it's not as cute as when a two-year-old does it. This is why you need to take seriously the suggestion to stick with your nearest and dearest because it takes a lot for people to hold in, stay in there with you if you're having a genuine tantrum. I know I've done it and it is not easy on my loved ones. I don't do it as much though anymore because I realized it wasn't easy on my loved ones. And so now I find that if I say, I'm I'm in a period of high acceleration, I'm sleeping poorly, I'm sucking my thumb a lot, please can I cling to you? I don't have to have a tantrum. I don't have to. It was when I was, used to resist my, tendency to fall apart then I would snap and and come across as angry or have meltdowns I I really I don't know I'm mean, gonna have to ask my loved ones if I still do that I really attempt not to but if you do be kind to yourself. Jessica says what do you what books do you go back to over and over during times of acceleration um, one of my favorites that I've been carrying around all day I don't have it right here it's called I am that by It talks with Nisargadatta Maharaj. And it's just about, it's about enlightenment and it's about how to hang in there during the times when enlightenment seems elusive, but you can't stop pursuing it. This is a guy who just one day, he wanted enlightenment. One day he met a guru. He was, he just sold cigarettes in a little shop in Mumbai. And his guru said, just go sit down and ask the question What am I? And he asked the question and he meditated on the thought, I am. And he said, and then I woke up and he just kept selling cigarettes in his little store, but people would come and talk to him. And he would say, it's okay. You just have to stick with it. It's really all right. And nothing bad is actually happening from the point of view of reality. And there's something about the way he says it I remember talking to Deepak Chopra about him once. We were actually on stage together and I mentioned that this was one of my favorite books. And Deepak looked at me like, and he said, yeah, he's one of those that if you just read his stuff, it literally just tunes you up. You don't even have to do any of the work yourself. You just ride his energy. And the other one is Stephen Mitchell's magnificent translation of the Tao Te Ching, my favorite book of ancient Chinese wisdom. That one, just can never do you wrong. Absolutely can never do you wrong. Just hang in there and read the Tao Te Ching and all will be well. Actually, Stephen has had the dubious honor of having more people plagiarize that book than probably any other book I've ever heard of because it's so powerful. Um, Again, at tuning your energy to a place where you're moving much faster than you ordinarily would and and it's smooth because you're riding on the energy of a master. And it's not just Lao Tzu, it's Stephen's really masterful use of the English language too. So those two books, I Am That and The Doubtaging, two of my favorites. Aubrey said, hi, Aubrey. She says, I recently felt compelled to wean off an anti-anxiety med and adopt a new cat in the middle of all the craziness of helping my kids with homeschooling, remote work, pandemic life, etc., cetera. I've been berating myself for adding more cha- more chaos to my life but maybe I'm trying to create conditions for acceleration. Yeah, you won't even understand why you're doing it to yourself. And that's one of the things, I actually love that. In one of my memoirs, Expecting Adam, I talked about how there are times in my life when I remember going to these puppet shows in Japan called Bunraku. And these puppets are like four four feet tall And they're very human-like and they have lots of different joints and they're operated by up to four puppeteers a piece, I believe. And they're not on strings like marionettes. The puppeteers hold them, hold sticks, I think, and maneuver, like one person will have the hands, another one will have the face, another one will have the hips, another one will have the legs. And the puppeteers stand right on stage, but they're wearing black. And the master puppeteers wear a black hood too. And they literally become invisible because they're, they, they train for like 20 years to do this. And then they can, they barely move their own bodies. So you don't see them move at all. It's against a black backdrop and they're in black clothes. You don't see anything except the puppet moving in this incredibly lifelike manner as like four people coordinate to make this one puppet come alive. And at times of acceleration, I feel as though we've all got Boonraku puppeteers. They're standing right next to us, like if we could just get the right focus, we'd see them. And they're gently, gently moving us in all these directions, and it looks like we're making changes. It looks like we decided to homeschool our children or, um, you know, adopt a cat. But actually, it's the Boonraku puppeteers. Now they're not separate from us. I believe they're aspects of our higher consciousness, but they don't really feel like our little monkey selves. It's more like the enlightened part of us has come back in time to move the body we're in right now and get it to the next phase of our own awakening through the acceleration period. Okay, finally, Julianne says, do you find that anger like rage can rise up during these times? Fury that pushes to be unbridled, out of character. If you are in any situation external or internal that is unjust, you will probably encounter anger and even rage. It's so interesting for me to read anti-racist literature um, because you, know, I, I have lived this quite privileged life. and I've all somebody told me when I was a kid, all races are equal. I was like, cool. I never had to struggle with it. I grew up in Utah where there, there's no racial diversity to speak of. And so when I'm reading anti-racist literature, there's this incredible wisdom that comes from hitting an unjust set of social norms and realizing that that is just plain wrong. And then the, the healthy normal response to that is anger. It's like the immune system of the psyche. So, you know, there are stories of Jesus kicking over tables in the temple because he thought people were not using the space well. Like anger is not an unholy thing. But what I said about tantrums, if you read the anti-racist literature, what's so amazing about it is that it usually takes that injustice, goes through the phase of anger and becomes very clear, like a much, much clearer way of going forward than you would get from someone who had not had the experience of that oppression and the experience of that natural, healthy anger. So again, unbridled anger, tantrums that have no limit, not a great idea, but when life hits the accelerator, you will feel the injustices of your life and you'll feel the anger that says break through them. And on the other side, when you're going faster, you will find the the justice. You will find the way of articulating that justice and you will become a peacemaker of the, who still brings change to unjust situations. And we're all facing that you guys. We're facing weird times in our country. We're facing the we're still facing the pandemic. We have record high level of cases again today. Things are pretty gnarly out there. Humanity as a whole has hit an acceleration point, and all of us individually are likely to be accelerating. So just remember that it's fine to cling to suck your fingers, to cry more than usual, to putter around, to stop sleeping well, and to only want to hang around with your few favorite people, like my favorite people here on The Gathering Room. Um, Thank you so much for joining me for this. And I hope that you have an acceleration this week. And by next week when we get together, we're all like totally chill. Until then, have a wonderful week. Um, Everybody go vote if you haven't voted yet. If you can vote by mail, just place that vote. It's crucial. And uh, we'll see you later on the other side of your acceleration. Bye.